Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. This episode is brought to you by the GSD Academy. This step-by-step business productivity online program will share with you exactly how to shift your mindset, set boundaries, build rock-solid processes, customize your message in order to strategically grow your revenues and get shit done. Visit AngelaProfit.com slash GSD Academy. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. I am so excited to talk with our guest today because I absolutely love her brand. And ladies, I think you're going to love it too once you get to know a little bit more about Amira. She's got this brand. It's The Unstoppable Woman, which we'll put everything in the show notes, but basically like What Amira has grown is a global coaching company helping entrepreneurs build empires, which that's what I was born to do. I don't know about all of you listening, but sometimes I'm like, I just want to take over the world about productivity and make sure everybody's shit is in the cloud. And like, how can you sleep at night? So she has done all these amazing things to help people achieve their goals and their dreams and a lot faster than what you would think. So I love when people are like, oh my God, you're over 40. Oh my God, don't you feel old? I'm like, oh my God, I love my age and I love where I'm at because when I started over two decades ago, shit was hard and things are so much more accessible to us today. And so the type of influence that she has had on so many entrepreneurs and so many women is so incredible. And so Amira, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Oh my God. So I'm so excited to be here too. And thank you for that amazing intro. I feel the love. Yay. Well, it's not, you know, it's not every day that I get to get on with women who have the experience that you have, who work with seven plus figure businesses, who just get it. But not only do you get it, like you want to help other people get it. And there's not many women that do that in that space. Like they're, they may be working towards it, but they're not there yet. And and they're trying to figure out the whole time management and the profitability and self-worth and, you know, all these things. But before we jump in and start talking about how you've gotten to where you are today, take us back. How'd you grow up? What's your journey? Tell us your story. How in the hell have you gotten to where you are today, which is an incredible place. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So I would love to do the rags to riches story. Like I'm always jealous of the people who have the, like they've overcome the, the incredible childhood that was so traumatizing and they'd be like, they've broken through. Cause you know, quite frankly, we can all relate to that on some level, even if we haven't had that experience ourselves. But the truth is I had a really good middle-class upbringing. 
I had parents who were well-educated, maybe a little narcissistic, maybe a little self-centered, right? <laughs> but, you know, and there was a lot of sort of, um, you know, trauma from that, but it was that sort of ongoing, I don't understand how to be lovable or good enough kind of trauma. But fundamentally we had good money, decent money, and I went to a good school and I got good grades and like, it was a solid upbringing. And um, in some ways I think it's, for the person who's listening who relates to this will understand that it's, it's challenging to, to overcome good enough. Like who am I to want more? Cause I had a good, a good life, right? And, and there wasn't some sort of fire in my belly saying, overcome, use your pain for your gain, overcome this, overcome that. I, I really, I really just wanted to start a business. And, and originally I worked in corporate and it was, well, how far back do you want to go, Angela? Like, I, I, do you want to go way back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like even, I feel like when people, you know, it's us, we sound very similar. Like I had a great upbringing. My dad worked for the same, my dad, my parents were not entrepreneurs, but he worked for the same company for 32 years, worked his way to the very top. My mom was stayed home mom, like had a good upbringing, but they were not entrepreneurs. So they thought that I was like on drugs or, you know, something's wrong with me. I didn't know that there was more outside. And so I feel like there, it's really important to know people's backstories because some of those backstories where it's like, oh, I was fired from my job or I was laid off. Well, those are some of the greatest entrepreneurs because they were working so hard for other people. And then yeah. they realized when it gave them the opportunity to think further, like, I don't want to go back to this shit. I want to do my own thing. And they know that they have the work ethic. So yeah, like, I want to know, like, where did you start? What'd you do in corporate? And what gave you that inkling of like, I'm going to go start my business now. Like this is the yeah. right time. Is it yeah. ever the right time? <laughs> it's never the right time. And it's always the right time. Okay. Yep. Like, like the, the stars are not going to align for you and like, everything's going to be perfect. Perfect. But now is the right time to, to go after what you want. Okay. Because if you keep putting it off, you live a life of regrets and you get to a ripe old age or your deathbed feeling like you didn't do what you wanted to do in this world, which is, you know, love hard and, you know, live out your purpose. Right. So, so I had a great corporate gig and I will go back a little bit before that. So yeah. I graduated from college. I was a smarty pants. I wrote this killer paper and all these people wanted to hire me in academics in academia. And I started down that path, which is the path of my father, who's an academic. And at, concurrently, I was also working as a shop girl in an ethnic arts store. And I was bored out of my mind in the academic world, even though in college, when I was doing the academics, it was exciting and thrilling that that actual world, it felt oppressive. And the shop girl world felt fun. I got to flirt with all the boys and flirt with all the girls and every, anyone who came in, I was like engaging with, and it was fun. And I think with 2020 hindsight, that was the first time that I recognized in myself that I had a really good internal uh, litmus test of this feels wrong and this feels right. I, it makes no sense. This is not a good career move. Uh, the career, The career was over here, but I went with 
what energetically felt good for me. Now, flash to being in business, not everything in your business feels good, but until you master it, until you break through and get to the other side. So it's, there's a nuance and discernment that's required here, but you have to keep the larger goals in mind in business. Like I, when I started this business, I was like, yes, hundred percent yes to it. That was a kinesthetic feeling. The, the daily, oh my God, I have to do sales conversations. Like what? And now I love them. Now I'm, I realize, oh my God, it's like talking to the person at the, in the retail store, right? In the, the ethnic arts store. And it's fun and it can be flirtatious and you can use your energy in a really positive way. But I had to break through on that. It was not an easy, that was not an easy road until it became easy. So anyways, I, I ended up uh, leaving that job because I wanted to know, you know, I didn't want to get old and die and never having lived in New York. Okay. This was in my early twenties. So I moved to New York. I just moved to New York (laughs) and all my friends were from New York and I moved to New York and I had no friends and I was like, it was terrible. Okay. It was, it was, it was strange. It was such a strange experience, but it was super fun. And then I went to, to Berlin for three months and these were little short things but I came back to I had been living in the Bay Area I came back to the Bay Area with no money like I had $75 right I sold my car I had no money so I started temping and my second temp job was in a startup that was a software company and I'd been there may I don't know maybe three weeks when they it might have been less than that when they went public and I I remember Lori Allen she was the head of HR walked up to me. I was temping. And she said, I want to hire you today. We're going public. I want to give you stock options. I had no idea what any of that meant. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I, what? I was the receptionist. That's what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing. Now I know I teach my clients on, on this point, which I, I'm going to just keep going back and forth here because now I understand now I, I have a structure for what I was doing back then that was leading to success, but I didn't understand. I was like unconsciously being confident. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the law of compensation says you'll be compensated for uh, the need for what you do, your ability to do it and the difficulty in replacing you. Okay. There was a need for what I did and I did more than what was required in that job. Okay. I became bigger than the container. Okay. So a normal receptionist punches the card in and out, but I was, I was like doing more. I was like entertaining the software engineers and they kept coming up and going, you went to UC Berkeley. What are you doing here? And I was like, I'm having fun. Right. Yes. So it was like (laughs) being passionate and having fun with whatever was in front of me and doing an excellent job there becoming more. And I was compensated almost instantaneously. And I ended up working up the corporate ladder in that company and getting more jobs in Silicon Valley and just continuing to do more. And I would love to say that I got stock options like you would at Facebook, but this was a very different era and um, a smaller company, but it did allow me to, to, to grow quite significantly. And, um, the last company I worked in Silicon Valley for in the Bay area, um, it was during the dot bomb 
like it went up and then it went down. Right. And they were going through rounds of layoffs and the round that the CEO got laid off. And I was like, I raised my hand for the next round. I was like, give me that severance package. Like I, I I'm ready. Okay. And they gave me a six month severance package, which was amazing. And I had to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Okay. But it gave me the space to figure that out. And I ended up doing this really odd mind body technique that no one's ever heard about. And this, this practitioner that I was going to, I, I was like, wow, her life looks really good. She had this beautiful house with a beautiful garden and the studio. I'm like, that looks like a really awesome way to make a living. Let's do that. Little did I know that all the trimmings of that came from her partner, not from, not all of it, but a, a goodly oh, amount of it. Okay. So I studied for three years, hung out my shingle and realized they weren't going to come. I had to figure out how to market and sell and, and all of this. And I started doing business training after business training, after business training, not through the, the traditional sort of, um, MBA world, but like people like you, like people like me, I started going to coaches and taking yep. courses and programs and things like this. And I figured out how to run my business. I ate it up and I started making more money pretty much than the majority of people in the Bay area. Okay. Who had been at it for a long time. And I was like, Oh, I got something here. Mm -hmm. And then I moved across the country and I decided I didn't want to start that business ag again. And all my ideas were leading me towards coaching. Mm -hmm. I love teaching. I like coaching. I love helping. I, people would ask me how I built this business and I would give them, like, I couldn't stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, what if I do this instead? Hung out my shingle. All my first clients were all the women who I had gone to these courses with started working with me there starts the business. Okay. Yep. And had great success. Um, first year in business made 30 K second year made 90 K felt really good about tripling, uh, third year in business, but I hadn't crossed that mythical six figure mark. Right. Right. Um, third year in business, I made 138. was completely overwhelmed. Angela, I probably needed wow. you desperately at that time. Okay. Like I was, the, the, the sort of come to Jesus moment was being at the end of a day, 7 PM, having been up since probably 6:30 and working. So, you know, a good 12 hours and my then husband calling up, you know, Hey baby, you want to come down for dinner? Dinner's ready. It's like, yeah, yeah, honey, just one more thing. I'll be right down. Five more minutes. Right. Five more minutes. Totally. <laughs> And then my oh, mom's like, you said you would call me back in five minutes and it's been an hour and five minutes. I'm like, oh shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you're involved and there's an, there's a hamster wheel thing, right? There's, yep. a, there's never an end to it. Never. So uh, he calls up 45 minutes later, same idea. And I was like, okay, something's wrong. Something's wrong here. This is not sustainable. Okay, because let me, let me be really truthful here. I had not showered that day. I had not brushed my teeth that day. Mm -hmm. It was not a client facing day. Okay. Mm -hmm. I hadn't brushed my teeth and I was still in the dog hair covered clothes that I'd slept in, which were like ratty t-shirt and yep. sweats. Right. 
yep. on the floor of my office, like breathing heavily, trying to get one more thing done. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Oprah doesn't do this. Beyonce doesn't do this. Richard Branson doesn't do this. What the F F like I am. Yep. There's something missing here. Yep. It's like, this is, this is unsustainable. Like you can't, you can't double, you can't triple, you can't quadruple your income. So long story, that was a long story, Angela, but long story short, um, I, I started working with a mentor and I started studying what success was based on and these universal laws and what, what successful people do. And I mm-hmm. went from 138 to 700 K in one year. I five That's times incredible. my incredible. Yeah. Thank you. And then That's we incredible. crossed the, the seven figure mark and you know, we're growing and we're having more fun and we're having more impact and it's a freaking delightful life. So that's awesome. Yeah. So like, what's like one, so anybody that's listening and if you've been in the, I've been there, I was there for 10 years and exactly like what you said, the thing that got me out of it, like, and, and I honestly didn't even stop to think, but I had been assigned a mentor in this new entrepreneur group I was in. And the first thing he asked me is why are you doing all of this? I'm like doing what? He's like, why are you working so much? Uh, why are you taking on so much? Why do you say yes to everything? And like, no one had ever asked me that before. And we, I mean, he really just tore my life apart, but it needed to be, I mean, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And so, and now like we're, we still collaborate, we're still friends. And he's like, I'm so proud of you. Cause like you actually took like what I teach and what I help people. And he's like, you just didn't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. And so we sound a lot alike where we knew that there was something more and there was different, but like we needed help getting there. And so like, what's one example of the way that you've used like the impression of increase and how has it helped scale? Like we know that if you study what other people are doing, they have something that you need to get to or want to get to, then typically if you work with that person one-on-one, you fast track all that stuff. But like, do you have like a favorite story or like a favorite example of like how this all has, has played out really well? Yeah. So one of the things I'll answer, I think there's a variety of questions in there. Like let's, let's talk about the like how I maximized working with my mentor. And then let's talk about the impression of increase because those are, um, related, but somewhat separate answers. So in terms of my, my mentor, I'd worked with, I had taken programs. I started working with coaches and I kept increasing the, the level of coach that I worked with. Okay. Okay. And I, the mentor that I, I ended up working with the investment was more than I had, uh, almost more than I had made. It was a six figure investment and it blew my mind. Okay. And I was crying and shaking, signing that coaching agreement. Like I was freaked out. Like this shit better work. (laughs) (laughs) But what it did was like, like for the smarty pants out there who think they know it all, I was like, I'm going to do everything he tells me to do. And I'm not going to stand on ceremony. I'm not going to think I'm right. Okay. Because I knew my way wasn't working. Mm -hmm. I was not getting the results that I wanted and his way worked. And it's one of the things I use with my coaching clients. I'm like, your way, it's not working. Do it my way. Okay. 
if you don't want to do it my way, don't hire me. Okay. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm, and I'm really direct because I, I know that we're stuck in a belief structure. Okay. That says I have to do it like this, like to your point of being like, why are you doing everything? Like I thought I couldn't trust people. I thought I, I, I wasn't valuable if I didn't do all the work myself. Okay. And I see that a lot. Okay. Like I have to DIY it because if I get the success with help, somehow that means that I didn't earn it. Like it's not me who did it. Hey guys, wake up call. You need a team. Okay. Like it didn't scale to, you know, past seven figures without people who helped me. Okay. I have a huge team and we, you know, I think we hired six or seven people this year in the year of COVID, right? Like we, we value support and that's how you leverage. That's how you scale. Now you give something back to them. Okay. But you're going to scale. Okay. So I said, when I hired my mentor, like one, I invested big time. So I, I, I had leveraged my subconscious belief and programming of how I had to do it. I was like, nope, we're doing it this way, this way. And then I did everything that he told me to do. And I dug deep into the inner game, the mindset piece, the, um, the self-image side of things, like, because our self-image determines how we see the world and what we're willing to do and execute on. So that was a massive thing. Now, the impression of increase he used on me and I use on everyone. Okay. The impression of increase says that everyone you meet, leave them better off and impress upon them that you are someone who is advancing in life. You are someone who can help them advance in life which means that you have to own your value. You have to own the value that you create through the product or service that you have. And that is an internal game. You have to get rid of law of sacrifice, like go of what's not serving you, which is that, that smallness and own your value and then be able to communicate it to other people. And that's so hard. Like that's what I've learned is it's so hard to communicate the value of what you're capable of doing and how you can help other people until at least what I've experienced is once people go through it in any company that we're in, they're like, oh my God, this is, I, I couldn't have done this without you, but I didn't know how bad I needed you. And, and like the whole strategy and process until you actually go through it. So do you have any feedback for people that if, if they're like, and I know a lot of people that I, I coach that are solopreneurs that are part of some smaller groups where I go and speak and coach monthly and mentor, they're like, how do I put that into words? And they, they, they haven't even figured out yet. Like, how do I charge? What's my worth? And I'm like, oh, well, that's easy. Let's just get all your numbers together. <laughs> but they don't know how to convey what their value is. And so I, I get that question a lot. And I'm like, well, do you have some testimonials? Like, do you have video testimonials? Which is usually like my answer to everything. Like, go get video of it. 
But what would you tell people listening who say, I don't know how to communicate my value? What would you tell them to do? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I I do believe in all those outside credibility things. Testimonials really work, okay? Um, The sort of as seen in really works, okay? So that, that matters. But fundamentally, it's your energy, okay? It's a confidence thing. And so, well, well, Amira, well, Angela, how do you build confidence? Okay. So part of the way you build confidence is you do the thing. Okay. You get the energy to do the thing. You get the power to do the thing by doing the thing. This is an Emersonian um, concept. Okay. In, in his essay on compensation. So connect the dots there to be compensated at a higher level. You have to do the thing that gives you the power to do the thing. Okay. So, so you start where you are and you do the incremental next step that builds your confidence. Okay. And then I call this running the stairs. You have to do it quickly. Okay. So yes, there's a big gap between where you are now and where you want to be, but do that one thing. That's the next thing and do it quickly and then do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. What most people do is they take two weeks or two months to do something. And we want to get that to a day, an hour, the next minute. Okay. Where you're like, okay, I'm going to break through and I'm just going to do that next thing. Okay. So that's how you build your confidence is by doing that next thing. Now, most people have imposter syndrome, like, well, I've never done it. How can I do this? That's a chicken and egg or catch 22 situation you have to do the thing. You get the power to do the thing by doing the thing. And there's no other way, okay? And then you wanna praise yourself and own your value, own what you have done, okay? And then on a spiritual level, you have to realize that everyone's valuable, okay? Everyone's worthy. But on the human plane, you actually have to, to communicate through the way you move, the way you talk, the way you act, how you say things to other people. This is part of the impression of increase. So one of the the things that you can do to really do this is study people. Study how successful people talk. Study how successful people walk. Study how they look. And don't make an exception for yourself. Don't say, well, they have money, so I, I can't dress like that. Okay. I, when I didn't have money, I could still, I still could have, I didn't in my example, but I could have taken a shower. I could have done my hair. I could have put on a little makeup. Okay. I could have walked with my, my shoulders back. Right. But I wasn't. So you start where you are. Does this make sense? Absolutely. Well, and I've noticed a lot of women, especially a lot of women compare themselves to other people and social media didn't exist when I first started my first company. So there wasn't really anything to compare to. I've never done that, but a lot of newer, and I don't mean it in age. I mean, like there's new entrepreneurs at the Entrepreneur Center I mentor at. They're in their fifties and sixties, but they're a new entrepreneur because they had a full career. They've retired and they're going and comparing themselves to 
all these young, and when I mean young, I say in their early 20s, influencers making money on TikTok and making money in uh, online. And, you know, they just make it look so freaking easy. And it's like, it, it may come across as easy, but there's definitely a consistent strategy. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody behind there, typically in a content creator, there's somebody, a manager or a parent or somebody behind it, pushing you the right way. And which is where a mentor would come in. But I would say that stop comparing yourself to people because when you really get into entrepreneurship, you realize that we all piss in the same pot. And most of us, like you said, we're in our pajamas, hadn't showered in a few days, sitting on the floor, trying to figure it out sometimes. And so if you will let go of that perfection, which is what I was for a long time, I'm like, I sell perfection. Shit has to be perfect. So I'm only going to put out perfect. And then once stories came out and Facebook live came out and some of my coaches, they're like, you need to show people the behind the scenes of like how all this stuff is put together. Like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff I'm like, oh God, no, I would never show people this. And they're like, but then you're not educating the consumer on what it takes to do what you do. And then when people say, oh, I spent 50 grand in a day on labor for how many people to do what and how many hours? And so I started to really think about that and internalize it. I'm like, you know, the only industry I can think of that's done a good job is an attorney. Like I know every time I talk to my attorney or my lawyer and I email them or talk to them, I'm going to get this fat bill. I don't see it that way. It's an investment to keep me out of getting in trouble. (laughs) But most consumers who don't need an attorney or a business attorney or a a tax attorney or any uh, trademark attorney, they, they're like, Oh my God, I have to get an attorney. It's going to cost me $450 an hour, but people, we haven't done a good job. Like in the creative industry, teaching consumers what we do in the background to like make magic happen sometimes. Right. And as soon as I did that, a lot changed, a lot changed because none of us are perfect. We all are trying to figure it out. And So I love this whole like process, but the one very important thing is you did the work. Oh, huge. You did the work. There's, there's, I think that there's this, this magic sprinkles thing that gets put out there that just drives me absolutely apeshit. Like I, I teach universal law. I teach on the law of vibration, which is the, the, fundamental law, law of attraction is the subsidiary law. And, and there's this magical thinking that's out there. Like I, I just wish my business to be, and then you have it. Every single person I know and bless his heart, Tim Ferriss, it's not a four fucking hour work week. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Oh, okay. I love like it. I, I, whatever systems you create, it's not okay. Like it, it's just it, BS. I love him love so much of what he, t- he teaches, like the fundamental spirit of it, I get, but it's, it's giving people a false sense of, of what's required. And it's not to say, don't, don't better your best and build better systems and streamline and all of that. But because, because you have to, to, to grow and to leverage. However, every single person who's crossed the seven figure mark that I know has put in the hours. Okay. And, and here's the thing. When I was sitting on the floor 
and I was at 138 and I was like, okay, something's got to give. I've got to shift things. I had a monkey on my back. Okay. Like the, the energy that was driving my work was fear. Okay. And I was paddling as quickly as I could so that the world wouldn't come crashing down on top of me. And now I have, I still have a freaking awesome work ethic. Okay. I love what I do and there's no monkey on my back because I've learned how to manage my internal game. Okay. I've learned how to shift that. So it's not that the work has gone away. Okay. I've just switched from waking up at five 30 to waking up at four 30. Okay. Like I'm making a little adjustment on that, but I wake up early. I get my workout in and then I'm like, okay, go time. Okay. Actually, there's a little bit of mindset work in the morning and there's other things that happen there, but then it's go time, but it's energizing versus monkey on my back. Okay. And it doesn't mean that I don't take time off and it doesn't mean that I don't have a good harmonious life. It means that I have figured out how to run a business so that it's fun. Okay. And it wasn't that way for a long time, but I, and here's one more thing on this, Angela. It's easier to make a lot of money than a little money. Yes. And and I did not know that. I could not wrap my head around that concept when I was making 138. I was like, I don't understand because my one tool was work harder. Mm -hmm. So work ethic is important, but it's not, it is not the only tool. And if you rely on that, you will struggle. Yep. That's not what, that's not the, like, look at, like, really look, there are a lot of people who work really hard who don't make a lot of money. And we can break this down to the ridiculous. Like yep. the person who breaks up concrete is working really hard, but they're not paid well because it's not, it's pretty easy to replace them. A lot of mm-hmm. compensation. Okay. So you have to become irreplaceable, which means you have to own your value and own yourself. Okay. And then the work ethic multiplies. Okay. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about the trolls. (laughs) You grow and the more confidence you gain, there's going to be somebody there who's trying to knock you down And you have to keep going and stop worrying about what other people think, because that's, that's the number one thing right now. And some of the, the people that I'm working with and they're like, oh my God, but someone left a bad comment. I'm like, that's the best thing ever. They're paying attention and yes, get back to them and tell them, thank you for your feedback. I'll pray for you. Mm -hmm. Don't ignore it. Like it's, it's not a bad thing. Like you just, you got to get over it. But is there something that is someone that's listening right now, is there one like actionable thing that they can do right now to help increase their cash flow? Yeah. So the first law of receiving is giving. Okay. So give. Now this does not mean that you have to overgive. Do not give as a martyr. Like, oh my God, I've given so much and nobody's, nobody's giving anything back in return. That's martyr energy. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about give your joy, give your passion, give your attention. There's a paucity of attention out there. Give your, give your love, give, give your advice. Okay. 
what you're doing here on this podcast, Angela, is giving, okay? It's free, okay? There's so many women, men listening to this who are, who are like gaining from it. And it comes back in um, like exponentially. So don't be afraid to give. Give your best stuff, give, give, give. Now, you don't have to give away your, your, your business services, Okay. But don't be afraid to, to give. And so like, if I'm meeting someone for the first time and they have business questions, I'm answering them. Sure. Okay. And I might, uh, receive them as a client Mm -hmm. then, or in the the near future, or I may never see them again. Mm -hmm. And it, but it comes from someplace else. So the first law of giving is receiving. I'm sorry. The first law of receiving is giving and, and give generously and give without that scarcity feeling, that, that um, fear feeling that you don't have enough, okay? Mm-hmm. That was a big deal for me when I was first starting. I, I, I did it as a, as a tithing kind of activity also. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I picked charities to give, it, give 10% of my gross from. Now mm-hmm. that's my expenses are much higher, so that's not a, a viable right. thing. Um, but at the time I was giving 10% and it was a lot. I was mm-hmm. like, that could go to paying off our credit card debt or that could go to buying new furniture or that could go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had to really change the internal energy around it so that it was like, yes, I wanna be a generous person. I don't wanna be stuck in the fear of not having enough because mm-hmm. the truth is we live in a easy and abundant universe but you're stuck thinking that there's not enough, not right. enough love, not enough time, not enough money, not enough resources. And if you start giving, you'll start receiving. It's, it's the law. I love that. So you have like a ton of experience and just with business development and entrepreneurship. And one of my favorite questions to ask other entrepreneurs is we, we all have mistakes. I like to see them as opportunities. But is there like one big thing, a mistake that became an opportunity that someone listening could learn from your mistake? Yeah, a thousand and one, right? Like all <laughs> day, every, all day, every day, right? Yes. I mean, I mean, because and, and I joke about that, but just in in seriousness, when you're an entrepreneur, you're making so many decisions every day. You're gonna make mistakes. And you got to get out of the fear. Like I coached people at all stages in their business. I coached the, the, the women who are already making seven figures. I'm coaching the women who are past the six figure mark, who want to get to the seven figure mark. And I coach a lot of women who are under six figures, who want to break that mythical six figure mark. Okay. And they, th- there's a variety of things that they have in common, but fundamentally like you got to get over the fear of making mistakes, especially when you're in that phase under six figures, you're afraid to make mistakes, which slows down the decision-making. Okay. Which slows down. You you can't close the gap on time. If you're taking a month to make a decision that really needs to take 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and if you want to make more money, right. Income generation, you gotta, you gotta close the gap on time and everything is a decision. Okay. So you gotta be unafraid to make mistakes. Um, early on in my um, career, 
I, when I was working with my mentor, I, I, I asked someone on their, on his team who I valued highly thought was amazing. Um, if they had an advice for some marketing strategy that I was doing and they, they referred me to, uh, someone and I was getting all the red flags when I was talking to this, uh, guy and even like, this is just a really good lesson guy, guys. I had questions about the contract and I wrote a very polite email saying, these are my questions. Let me know if you want to talk about it on the phone or via email. And he said to me, I've never had anyone question my contract before. And it should have been a red flag. Like I'm just no, 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 no. Like when I'm working with a new client, I, I say something to, along the lines of like, and you're going to get a coaching agreement and please read through it. It's, it's written in legalese. And then there's a whole section in plain English. But if you have any questions about anything, please reach out to me. I want people to be a hundred percent clear. And so that was a big red flag, but he had come recommended. And remember I said, I was going to do everything that my mentor told me. And I would this was someone on his team, not him. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm, I must be too green. I must be too nervous. This must be like, I'm afraid of spending the money. Let's just do it. And it was Mm $30,000, which was not insignificant to me at the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was a big effing mistake. It was a total waste of money. hundred percent, not aligned, not right. Bro marketing didn't work. Um, pain in the ass, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And the best mistake I ever made, right? Like now I know how to trust my, my gut. Now I know yes. how to trust my feelings. Now I know that I, I have that internal confidence Yes, and it has saved me in hindsight, millions of dollars mm-hmm. because now I know all of this. Okay. Yep. And what my mentor has taught me and what I teach my clients is that if you look at every experience from a perspective that the universe is working for you, right? So what did, how is this helping me? How is this growing me? How is this for more life? Okay. Then you make use of it and you keep growing. If you look at this and you say, I made a mistake. I'm a bad person, guilt and shame, blaming, right? Blaming the person who referred, who later said, I'm so sorry, biggest mistake, didn't realize, blah, 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 blah. Okay. If I had gotten caught up in all of that, I would have stayed at the same level. But instead, now I've I've grown so tremendously. And, and, because I don't hold on to the guilt and shame, right? Which really holds people back. I moved on like this. I learned that I had a bigger capacity and that there's not a lack of money. Like I, I, no one wants to make financial mistakes and lose money, but I realized that I can create as much money as I, as I want. And that that doesn't need to, to hold me back. But if I was in scarcity, it would have. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the funny thing is, is that from some of the, you know, and, and usually like 
I'm assuming people like us, we don't go Google stuff. We ask our friends and other people who are successful, like, hey, did you, did you have a good experience with this person? And something similar happened to me where it was a very large investment when I got involved in sales funnels. And this Infusionsoft person was like, oh, he's the best. And he does this and he does this and he does this. And I didn't know the questions to ask. It was a big mistake as well. In fact, the very first webinar I ever did on my own years ago, and I didn't know to check the links <laughs> to mm -hmm. make sure a landing page was working. I didn't even know what that was. And people started to email me and they're like, I'm clicking on a link, but it's not working. And I'm like, what do you mean? And so I reached out to him and he's like, literally, this is what he says to me. You will have to tell my wife to kick me in the balls for that. I didn't test it. And I'm like, what kind of unprofessional sick fucker are you? Like, yeah. and so then the, but that was just one person I worked with. I, Amira, got to number six. Because <laughs> I've been doing this for almost a decade. Where I'm like, these people are full of shit. Yeah. I am going to pull this in house. I'm going to learn how to do it myself. And I'm going to totally. surround myself with people who know how to do this that are on my team because yeah. these people are full of it, but we've yeah. learned so much of, we've, we've picked up little things here and there. Sure. We always do, but we've learned what not to do. And especially like when our clients come now, I'm just like, no, you're, you own your audience. You own your tracking shit. I don't want to own any of your stuff and you're going to retain it. It, it, it blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. But I, I, the whole in-house versus contractor thing is such an interesting dilemma. We've brought so much in-house, but I had to learn from experiences with contractors. And there's, a, there's, you know, I mean, there's some contractors who kick butt and are awesome. And you, you, you know, you're grateful for that. And I have mm -hmm. contractors on my team right now that are great, that I'm yep. extraordinarily grateful for, but there are certain things that, you need to bring in house because yeah. otherwise you just don't have the, the, the sense of ownership that's required. So yeah. Amira's numbers are 22 green, which it's funny that you said green, which to most people that's like new, but in true colors, I'll tell you the four colors. So there's green, blue, orange, and gold. And so your highest, brightest color is green, meaning green's value and everything you said today I, even if I don't do this with people, I know exactly what color people are because just the way you say things. And so you value learning. You can never learn enough. You know you, that you need to invest in yourself to learn from other people because otherwise it's not going to work. And so, and you also like know how to do your research. You like you spot on know your numbers. It's like in year one, I did this. In year two, I did this. In year three, I did this oranges I'm very orange we don't really pay attention to the numbers nor do we I can tell you my numbers I'm like that's what a business manager is for but I have ever since I brought a green in house and completely has changed my life my business my bank account because she oversees all the numbers all the goals all the analytics the data ab split testing that's what makes the decisions not what I like get over yourself people because what you like and what consumers click on and what converts into sales is two different things. And so you let the data drive it. And just by you saying, you know, you, you the, just the school that you went to and just the whole upbringing 
of your path of like, I'm going to have fun and learn while I'm going and I'm going to take that and implement it. Like I knew you were green. And I also knew your second orange, your 18 orange, which means like, you're going to do the research so that you can make an informed decision based on data and numbers, but you're going to have fun doing it. And you've mentioned that word multiple times. I'm the same way. I'm like, we're going to have fun, but we're going to get down to business and we're going to work hard and play hard. And so, and oranges, a lot of green oranges, those are your ideal entrepreneurs because we're risk takers and we will fail fast. We will get up and keep going. And um, it's awesome to be as like a high bright green because you have had to learn to let go of some of that stuff and you, you know how to surround yourself with people so that you can move on and do bigger things yeah. for oranges. It's a little bit harder because like, we just think we can do everything. It's like, why do I need these people? But that's like the smartest thing a coach taught me and a mentor taught me is like, you have to have a team, but not only a team, it's the right team and the right people that you can grow together and not like we don't have this culture of, you know, backslashing and all that behind people's backs. It's like, no, we're going to talk about it. We're going to work it out for a green. Sometimes like my high greens on my team, they I'm like, are you paying attention? And I have to forget they're processing everything I'm saying. And then I have to give them a few days <laughs> and they're like, let me think about this. Let me do a little bit of research and I'll come back and let you know what I think. But psychologically, if I didn't know that about them, I would be like, are you paying attention? Like, what are your ideas? Oh, because wait a second. Cause I do a lot of that. Okay. <laughs> everything you've said. Okay. So do your, do your magic here, but <laughs> everything you're said, I'm like track, track, track. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I'm like you in meetings. Like when I'm leading a meeting with my team and I'm getting the blank stares and the blank faces, I'm like, you guys, this is our time to brainstorm. Like, like tell, well, I have to think about it. I'm like, no, yep. you don't. You just have to like talk yep. it out. Come on, let's talk it out. Yep. So how does That's that fit orange. in? That's my orange. Yep. Okay. So because I have strong orange. Yeah. yeah. Well, your green's 22 and then your 18 is orange and it's so close together that you, you want that stimulation of that feedback. Yeah. But if you have like a 24 green in your group, they're not going to be sitting there saying, oh, we could do this and we could do this because they need to go look into it to make sure that they're giving you a good option where you being so close to orange and me being pretty orange, like if a high green gave me an option and it didn't work, then let's get up and like try something different. Like that's okay. Mm -hmm. But a lot of high greens, and it also depends on like your upbringing and some of the environments that you've been put in. And so you, because you're so close to orange, you're like, come on, let's go, let's go. Where the higher greens are like, let's research that first. <laughs> And then the yeah. golds, they're like, which your gold is, I'm six gold, you're eight gold. So we're peeled together down there. Um, but basically with gold, it's like, my, like a man at my right hand, she is in the twenties gold and they love a routine. They take accountability. They're super loyal. If you ask them to do something and you're clear, and if you're not clear, they will clarify, they will take ownership of it. And they will, they like that routine of I'm in charge. I'm going to do this. This process is right. My way is right. And so, so sometimes with golds, we have to work on flexibility a little bit 
because their, their brains don't think like an orange green at all. And that's okay. Like it takes all four colors to make a company go round. And then with blues, these are like the best customer service people. <laughs> so like if we have events and I have some people think my clients are high maintenance. I'm like, because they know what they want. I love that. Like, how is that high maintenance? And I'm like, they're investing a quite a bit of money for some type of an outcome. And yes, the shit needs to be perfect. So whenever we're doing something like that, I put my high blues with my clients on a day of an event to make sure that everything that they need, they have. If they want Coke, if they want Diet Coke, if they want Pepsi, if they want Diet Pepsi, if they, usually we ask the, all these things beforehand. <laughs> but just in case something comes up, like they're going to be there to make sure that the people are happy. Happiness, their happiness comes from people who, by taking care of other people. Greens, high greens, that, that I would never do that. I would never put a high green with like, as some of my friends say, your clients are high, like a high maintenance person because it's not the way their brain thinks. And they're not going to pick up on those things because they're so much more accessible and better in like operations. Like my high greens, they're asking me a million questions to try to build something. And I'm like, I don't know, figure it out and tell me how much it's going to cost and I'll pay you. Like, I don't need to know all these things. But as a leader, like we have to sit down and go through these things sometimes. And like, that's really what makes it fun. I for, love it for the whole thing. So I'm a psych geek and I, I love it. So thank you for filling it out. It's so fun. But if You're people so want fun. to contact you, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Uh, there's two great ways. The best way is to go to our website. It's the unstoppable slash. And then we have a resource page that has tons of free stuff on it. So there's programs on mindset. There's programs on thinking yourself into exponential wealth. That's our morning mindset program. We have playbooks, tons of resources there. So that's the unstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And then we have a podcast that we would love for you to check out. And you can find us on all the channels, but if you want to go directly to it without searching, it's the unstoppablewoman.com slash listen. And that will take you to the, the page on that has all our podcasts, which is fun I love and it. great. Yeah. And we'll put everything in the show notes. So we make it really easy for you guys to connect with Amira and become unstoppable. Like, Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. I could talk to you all day, right at time. It's three o'clock. As my computer is telling me. <laughs> On the hour. Right on time. Yeah, right? I love it. So thank you so much for being here today. And everyone that's listening, thank you so much for your time. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Have a great day. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done. Would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights. And I want to know your aha moments. 
Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.